Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray you think through my mind, speak through my lips. I pray that you and I together will proclaim the good news of, of the gospel. I thank you that the, the word of God will, will be mixed with faith today. And thank you, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O God. And I thank you for the anointing. And it's the anointing that makes teaching and preaching easy. It is the anointing that destroys the yokes, removes burdens, Father, I thank you, Father, for that anointing to, to expound on your word. <clears throat> thank you for the grace. Lift up your hands and say, Father, Father grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness, the immeasurable greatness of your power towards me who believes in Jesus name? Amen. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter one, as we've been talking about holiness in the last three or four sermons, um, and as it relates to Hunger Games, um, part of the pursuit, our pursuit of holiness is prayer. Um, there are many prayers to be prayed for our growth in holiness. Um, praying in the spirit, as you know, is vital to becoming more, more like Jesus. So I cannot emphasize the importance of praying in the spirit praying in other tongues. So we, you should make it your business to pray in the spirit every single day. Um, let me give you some practical ways to praying in the spirit. It doesn't have to necessarily be quiet times of praying in the spirit, but you can pray on your way to school, on the way to work, on the way to the grocery store, at the gym. You can pray while cooking, um, while you take a shower, pray while you work, pray in the spirit. The Lord did not give us the Holy Spirit so that we wouldn't pray, but he gave us the Holy Spirit so he can help us. And oh, years and years ago, um, I was um, praying about prayer. And in and, and doing so, when I was praying about prayer, I actually um, was asking the Lord how to be, become more effective in prayer. And the Lord gave me three things. This is many, many moons ago. Um, three things, three ways to pray that will forever affect your life. These three things are simple, but I, I do believe that you can miss them, miss it when you do this. So the first is to pray from the heart. You know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. The Lord loves a heart that is surrendered to him and and we have to check our motives when we pray so when i say pray from your heart praying from a place of sincerity 
it's not enough just to be sincere. I mean, no, you could be sincerely wrong. All right. there, there are many other people who are in other religions. They're sincere, but it's not enough to be sincere. Um, when you go, we, on Friday, we were talking to the youth and we were talking about the necessity and the sufficiency of scripture, the necessity and the sufficiency of scripture. And we talked about how, you know, people sometimes believe a person because they're sincere. If you go to a, a dentist and they accidentally remove the wrong tooth, it doesn't really matter if they're sincere or not, right? Oh my God. If you go to a doctor and they diagnose you as a person who has cancer and um, they were sincere about it, but they were sincerely wrong. So being sincere is not enough. You know, the same way with it is, you know, a preacher can get up and they can be really sincere. But if what they're saying is does not is not consistent with the scriptures, the revelation, then we need to reject it. But praying from the heart. It's praying, it includes being sincere, but not only, but it's praying from a place of, of pure motives. So if you'll just do that, just pray when you pray. Um, sometimes people are praying for God to get somebody, Lord, get them. You know, I, I think we should check our motives. The, number two is um, praying in the spirit or praying in other tongues. That you, you can't go wrong with that. Um, there's something to it. And um, I will continue to minister and talk about it to the day I go home and be with the G go home and be with Jesus or the day he cracks the sky. The number three is praying scriptures. Those are the three ways to have an impactful prayer life. Praying from the heart, praying in the spirit and praying scriptures. You can't go wrong praying scriptures. You just cannot go wrong. It's, it's just as powerful as praying in the spirit. You may not feel anything when you pray it, but there's something that happens when you pray scriptures. Uh, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry to be holy. Um, I don't want to be holy for self-righteous reasons. Sometimes people have the holier than thou mentality. You know, I'm holy <laughs> and you're not. Uh, we, we guard against that because that itself within itself is unholy. Uh, I was um, looking, there was um, a couple of things that's in on, on a YouTube and you have these YouTube podcasters and YouTube um, influencers. And sometimes what they do is they look at different ministries and they tear them down. They said, this is, you know, I saw one recently. It was like, um, they were talking about Michael, Pastor Michael Todd. And they said he was a clown and that he's not a real pastor. And then they were um, poking fun of um, Pastor Joel Osteen. There was a shooting recently down in Lakewood and they were making fun of the way he was doing the, um, when he announced it with the news media and so forth. And they don't realize they are, that's an unholy, unholy, an unholy act to speak against, even if they are wrong, um, we should cover our brothers and our sisters. But to them, some of them don't even believe that they're brothers and sisters, they're brothers in Christ. And, and just to bring such judgment on people and those type of acts, your whole ministry is to criticize other ministries. It's an unholy ministry. Unscriptural. It's not even a ministry. It's a destruction. So uh, we want to be holy, not for self-righteous reasons. We, we, we're not trying pursuing holiness so we can look, our, look down at people and 
point I know is like, I, I don't do that. I don't drink. I don't, I don't smoke. I don't use profanity. I don't look at this. That, that's not the purpose of it. You, you know, we, 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 we need to guide, um, guard ourselves against pride. So we don't want to be holy for the sake of I'm another. No, it's with humility, you know, that we pursue holiness and, and by becoming holy, you humble. You know, you, you want to smell like the Lord. The Lord Jesus, while on the earth, was humble. The Bible says he, he made of himself no reputation. And recently I told somebody they, 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 they believed that I had a great influence on their lives and they were about to do a, a podcast, an interview, and I told them, please don't mention me. And, and, and they, got, they argued with me. I said, <laughs> if you mention me, it draws attention to me. I want to draw attention to God, to the Lord. And Jesus made of himself no reputation. And one of the things he would do, he would heal somebody. He would <laughs> drive out a devil and he would tell him, don't tell nobody. Now, today, if that happens, is they got to get a little card. They put it on YouTube. Make sure you capture this. I'm about to, ca- I'm about to drive the devil out. Now I got a deliverance ministry. I'm in demand. Oh, I gave a prophetic word that came to pass. I, I do. There was a, 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 a man of God. His name is William Seymour. Daddy, I call him Daddy Seymour. Um, they said he was so humble that he sometimes would preach with a bag over his head, a card over his head. You know, because he didn't want people to see him. I'm not going to that extreme, <laughs> but there is a, something about humility. We have Moses, <laughs> even though he says he is the meekest man that walked the face of the earth. And yet he was humble. How can you say that about yourself? <laughs> Only God could inspire him to say that, right? Uh, so we do need to clothe ourselves with, with humility, um, making of ourselves a no reputation. Sometimes, you, you know, you, you check your motives of why you post certain things and different things and on social media, you just <laughs> check your motive. So anyway, um, we, we want to be holy because we want to know the Lord better. Amen. And we want to be holy because he said, be holy even as I am holy. And um, a good a good prayer to pray. It, um, well, actually, yeah, this is a good prayer. Lord, make me like you by your word and your Holy Spirit. And as we think about this, the Holy Spirit is holy. Jesus is holy. The Father is holy. And his children are called and anointed to be holy. Part of the pursuit of holiness is praying the right prayers. So as we pray the right prayers... Um, it positions us to be holy. A good prayer to pray. I mean, Lord, make me like Jesus. Father, make me like Jesus. Make me like your son. That's a good prayer. Uh, would y'all agree? You know, Lord, make me like Jesus. Um, another prayer is, Lord, make me a holy vessel. Lord, make me a holy vessel. There, there's a song, Lord, make me a sanctuary. You know, um, prepare me to be a sanctuary, true and well, pure, pure and holy, you know. Tried and true. I messed that all up. <laughs> uh, Lord, another prayer is, Lord, set me apart for your glory. I want to be set apart for the glory of God. My attitude, let it be an attitude of Jesus. A good prayer that I used to pray. Sometimes I would get attitudes with my parents. They would tell me, take out the trash, come get the remote control, come cut, um, um, shovel the snow, rake up the leaves. And I'm like, really? I'm praying. I'm spending time with Jesus. <laughs> And, um, and I remember just having an attitude and the Lord ministered to me, Jesus is your attitude, should be your attitude. 
So I will pray, Lord, I want Jesus to be my attitude. Isn't it a powerful prayer? Lord, let Jesus be my. It, it talked about in uh, how he Jesus in Philippians two that he exchanged um, the glories of heaven to be a servant. He became obedient even to the point of death. And so Jesus should be our attitude. Amen. That's a good attitude to have. Yeah, you got an attitude. My yeah, my attitude is Jesus. So whenever you are tempted to have the wrong attitude, check your attitude. Does it line up with the character of Christ? Another prayer to pray, um, a good prayer to pray is, you heard me say this recently, is, Lord, throw your holiness on me. And I just think about how holy God is. And, and, and when you do that, he's, God is not going to mess with you, but he's going to deal with you. Just even the smallest things that we consider small, God will deal with us. Lord, throw your holiness on me. You know, what, what areas that I'm not holy in, you know? Again, righteousness is what God did for us in Christ. Holiness is what we do for God as a way of saying thank you. And so holiness is the fruit of righteousness. You'll never be more righteous than you are right now, but you can be more holy. Right? It's a way to say thank you. Lord, I thank you. So we want to be holy, not for self-righteous reasons, but just to say, Lord, just thank you. Thank you for what you did for me. It is my reasonable service is to be holy to offer up spiritual worship. Um, another good prayer is um, Jesus. Well, Lord, I cry out to be holy like you. I cry to be holy like you. I find myself praying these prayers. I want to be like you throughout the day. It's not so much these are prayers that you pray in front of other people, but these are prayers you pray between you and the Lord. In your private time, when you're when you're driving and somebody give you the middle, middle finger or they cut you off. Lord, make me more like you. Somebody just cuts you out. Lord, make me more like you. Somebody gave you an attitude today. Lord, make me more like you. All right. You go to the wrong uh, fast food restaurant. And they don't say how am I serve you today? <laughs> what you want? <laughs> Lord, make me more like you. Amen. So that's that's a good prayer. Another prayer to pray is um, Jesus, do what you do in me and through me. Do what you do in me and through me. Another one is make my lips holy. And uh, I mean, no, we need some holy lips. Make my mind holy. I, I got a sermon I'm working on. I don't know if I preach it anytime soon. It's called Mind Holiness. M-I-N-D, Mind Holiness. And it's just not talking about thinking um, good thoughts, but also using your, your mind. Then another prayer that is in line with scriptures, make my hands holy. Uh, where do you get that from? I'm glad you asked that. Um, if you have a minute, what you do first Timothy, first Timothy, and let's look at first Timothy chapter two, first Timothy chapter two, um, verse eight. I desire then that in every place that men should pray. What's the next part? Lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. So God wants our hands to be holy. So pray, Lord, make my hands holy. Make my mind holy. Another one is make my marriage holy. Holy matrimony. You know. My, the bed undefiled. 
Uh, make my children holy. He's got a scripture on that. That's in Corinthians, you know, it talks about how you can sanctify through your pursuit of holiness and your being apart from the Lord can make your children even holy. Uh, uh, make my money holy. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe next week. Make my money holy. Make my life holy. And then, uh, you know, I got to add some. Make my days holy. Make my days holy. So those are good prayers to pray to pray as we pursue holiness. You need to be intentional about your holiness. You need to pray about your holiness. You know, God will do some amazing things. What I'm finding out because I, I'm concerned about what he's concerned about. Um, the prayers that I've been praying recently, God has been just doing those things. I pray for a specific schedule and God has been faithful in doing those things. I, I've been having, I was telling Minister Angel how just, you know, just tired and been asking for grace. Lord, I need grace. <laughs> Don't want to go to work today, but I need some grace. And God has been faithful to give me grace. Amen. So those are prayers that are in line with the word of God. And, but I want to share with you something, something that I believe will, you've heard me preach about it. If you've been around here just a little bit, I believe recently my mind has been open in ways. I was telling my wife this last night. I was around a bunch of um, six and seven year olds for how many hours? Four hours <laughs> um, yesterday. <laughs> Five hours, five hours. Okay, let's be nice. Five hours. <laughs> it seemed like it was a lifetime. I, I mean, a five-year-old, six-year-old, they, they, they're gang members. <laughs> they, they'll jump you. <laughs> you need some grace for the, from the little jokers. Like, Lord, <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> we all were there one at one time. Um, and I, I was just, my mind has been open in ways that has never been open before. And I've been thinking in ways that I've never thought before. How I many know that if you want to change your life, you got to change your life, change your mind as a man thinks in his heart. So is he. So I, if you want to change things in your life, you got to change your mentality. And I've been changing my mentality recently. I mean, and, and God has been opening some wonderful doors. I, I, as some of y'all saw, I got a chance to hang out with Israel Holton. I didn't try to do that. It just, a door just came open and here I am in the midst of, um, him and another gospel artist. And, and I just got a chance to talk to him. I, I, I didn't say nothing at the beginning while they were doing their thing, but afterwards I was like, Hey, you know, <laughs> let me show you. I got a song that you put out before that's not even out. And he was, he was shocked by it, but I said, you should record that. So we'll see if he does that. <laughs> but, um, but God has been opening some unique doors, but I believe my, because I've been positioning my heart to be holy Things have been opening up in my mind as, as well. Because I've been thinking about ways and thinking about systems here at the church, how we can make our church better, how we can prepare for growth, what we can do naturally. You know, sometimes you can do all the natural and neglect the spiritual. You can do all the spiritual and neglect the natural. So we've been um, um, kind of cleaning up some things. We cleaned up our confession. That 10 minute confession is now is about three minutes, I believe. <laughs> Three minutes. Um, and we've been thinking about some things. We took away pre-service prayer and we're making that on a Wednesday night starting in March. And so we, we just have an opening prayer so, so we can do some sound checks, different things like that, just to, to bring it up. How many know that God is a, a God worthy of excellence? And so we want to bring up excellence and we want to offer excellence. The whole service It's not just the songs, but the whole service is worship to him. So we're looking and developing systems that will prepare us for growth is now. Amen. Amen. We've been looking at ways to 
be more effective with the community and ways to reach people because people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they should matter to us. And so God's will for KLM is to fill this church to overflowing so that we can make disciples and prepare them for eternity. Glory to God. I wasn't meant to meaning to say that, but I believe one of the things that has opened me up in ways that nothing else has, of course, you, you hear me talk about praying in the spirit and that has the powerful, um, profound effect in our lives. I've been praying more. I'll tell my wife this. I've been praying more in the spirit in the last few months than I have probably in the last 10 years. Been giving myself over to prayer. Then with kids and praying in, in tongues under my breath. You know, praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And when you pray like that, you can expect some things to happen in your life. So that's one way. How many know that not one truth is the truth? So you can do one thing and be really strong in and neglect some other things and still not be in the perfect will of God. You can work on your love walk, you know, and say, I'm going to forgive everybody. I'm going to love everybody. But then you can neglect your faithfulness. You can neglect your joy. Come on. I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit. Galatians five. You can you can actually have part of the fruit working in your life and other parts not working in your life. You can you can work on your giving and and, and, and neglect your attitude. You, you can you can you can work on your word life and neglect your prayer life. Come on. Sometimes we go either or we we pray all the time and don't spend any time in the word or we spend a lot of time in the word and don't. Spending time in prayer or we don't do right by our spouses or our, our singleness or our children. Come on. Our There's so many areas. So we don't have enough. To, we don't have time to sin. If we do what the Lord called us to do, we'll be so busy until he comes. We, ain't, we don't have time to, to sin because uh, we're busy working on knowing him, working on our attitude, working on raising these children to be world changers. Come on. All right. So I, I want to share this with you. And I've, I've preached about it before. But it, it bears, it, it, it has come to my attention that I need to reiterate it. And I, and then I need to expound on it. So this will not be the first time you hear it this year. Um, there is one prayer that I've been praying since I was a teenager. And this prayer I've, I've been praying has been praying. I've been praying over 35 years. And this prayer, I actually heard a missionary. <clears throat> he was a missionary to India and different places. And he came and he preached about it and it changed my life. And from that moment on, I've, I've dedicated myself to pray this prayer. And then I read and heard about Kenneth e. Hagin praying this prayer and how he prayed this prayer thousands of times. This prayer will dethrone Satan out of your life. It will throat his plans for your life. If I can give you this one prayer to pray every day for the rest of your life, I believe your entire existence will change. That God will, it will welcome God to invade your life. And I, and, and I, and it's not for, that's the only prayer that you pray, but I believe it's other prayers that you pray along with that. But this is a main one that has impacted me in ways that I, I just cannot explain. I, I don't even know what I was preaching <laughs> a few years ago because it's like, man, my every time I go to read the Bible, my mind is blown away by the understanding. 
and the spirit illuminating and bringing revelation. And it's the prayer and found in Ephesians chapter one. The name of this message is called the prayer that changes everything. Come on, say the prayer, the prayer. That, changes that changes everything. everything. I'm going to give it all I got. So Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one. This is the prayer that the Lord told me many years ago to pray before I would preach. The reason why I have been consistent in praying this prayer before I deliver the word is because the Lord told me when I was about 17, he says, before you preach, if you will pray this prayer over the people and have them pray this prayer and spend some time ministering to them, they'll get more out of your sermons than you would if they didn't do it. That's the only reason I've been doing it for years and years and years and years and years and years, and years, and years because the Lord told me that when I was 17 years old. So the prayer that changes everything is found in Ephesians chapter one, verses 15 through 23. Let's take our time. And here we go. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Everybody say amen to the reading of God's word. This, this, this passage can be prayed for you, for your children, and for your loved ones. If you find somebody who doesn't understand the fullness of what God has done for them in Christ and they're lacking in some areas, if you begin to pray this prayer, it helps them or prepares their heart to receive understanding from the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at this verse. Let's look at verse 15. He says, for this reason. So he just got finished talking about spiritual blessings in Christ. He, he, he actually expound on the fact that we are predestined in Christ and, and God has a purpose him who works all things according to his counsel. He talks about in him, we have heard the word of truth and the gospel of our salvation believed on him. We received the seal of the Holy spirit. So we're sealed with the Holy spirit. In other words, God has given us his spirit as a down payment that our salvation will be complete one day. Let me say that again. You know, back in the day, we had um, railway. Uh, and, uh, uh, we used to, if you wanted to buy something, what you would do is you would go to the store and says, you know what? I want this item. I'm going to put X amount of dollars on it and I'm going to pay on every single month or week and then I'll get it back. 
Now we have what is called what um, you have. Um, what is it? After pay, you pay a little bit, you know, $10, you can break the payments up. Amazon is good for it, right? You pay $10, it's something $50, you pay $10 a month for the next five months. All right, so the Lord has done this with us. He gave us a down payment to make sure, to, for us to have an assurance that our salvation will be complete one day. Our salvation is not complete yet. We are not walking in the fullness of it, right? We, we receive Jesus. We receive the Holy Spirit. He's inside of us. He gave us a brand new nature. He gave us his name to use. He gave us his word to overcome. He gave us faith to overcome. And yet our salvation is not complete. We're not walking in the fullness of what our freedom. We, don't, we have not known freedom like we're going to know it. We don't know a world without sin. Are you with me? Uh, and so the Holy Spirit has been given to us, not just for us to shake and quake and jump and shout and hallelujah, praise God for those things. But he's been given to us so that he can guide us into all truth. He's been given to us. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit so that we know that we are his. Romans 8 says this, that God has given us There's If we don't have the spirit of Christ inside of us, we are none of his. So God gave us his spirit, verse 14 says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we inquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I could preach on that all day. <laughs> oh, we have a, we have a down payment. Um, one day we're going to look up and our salvation, our redemption, our redemption draws near. One day we're going to look up and it's going to be complete. We're going to be just like him, spirit, soul, and body. Glory to God. Them aches that you may have right now, you're not going to have them at that day. Um, that hair that's not there, it won't be. God's going to restore all things. He make all things beautiful in his time, in his time. Amen. So he, so with that in mind, he just got, tell, got finished telling us, telling the church at Ephesus that they're blessed with all spiritual blessing. They've been chosen in Christ. And verse 15, he says, and for this reason, because they have their faith in Jesus, because Jesus has done a work in them and positionally they are seated in heavenly places. That's where we are positionally. We're seated in heavenly places. Our life is hid in Christ. Verse 15, for this reason, because I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. How many of people need to hear our faith? They need to hear of that. Man, that person is a person of faith. That person has faith in Jesus. Their faith is alive. It's not dead. They have a living relationship. They can get a prayer through. They, they have the fruit of their salvation shows up. They, they treat their spouses right. They treat their jobs right. I mean, the other day I was at somebody's desk and they had all kind of candy and stuff. And my mind's like, you know, they ain't gonna miss this little Skittle. And I said, oh, that's stealing. Oh, we don't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not taking devil. You a liar. <laughs> and I refuse to take somebody else candy. <laughs> are you with, are you with me? Something simple as that God is concerned with what you do in private. God is really, really concerned about. And so nobody would have known, knew that, but God knows all things. He sees our hearts, the intents of our hearts. And so our faith, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on, he says, and then your love towards all the saints. So in order for this prayer to change everything in your life, you got to have faith in Jesus and love for the saints. I've never known a Christian, a real Christian, who has true hate in their heart for anybody. 
You cannot say you have God and you have hate towards your brothers and your sisters. You may have feelings of unforgiveness. You may have, they may have done you wrong, but we have to be love people because we are born of of a love God. God is love. And the first fruit of the spirit is love. I will even submit to you that it's the only fruit and everything else is a, a offspring of that love. That love is the evidence that we're born again. The Bible says in Romans five that the Holy Spirit has been given unto us. He, he shared abroad the love of God in our hearts. So God gives us love. The first thing that he does is he puts love in our hearts for our fellow brothers and sisters. Come on. Amen. I'm reminded of a song by Keith Green called, you put this love in my heart. You put this love in my heart. My heart was so black, but then turn around. I got born again and God took that heart of stone and gave me a heart of love, that heart of hatred and gave me a heart of love. So it is a Christian thing to do is to forgive. Amen. Um, And then he he turns around this. He he, he began to say this. He says this. He says, um, uh, we, we talked about that the fact that he is remembering the saints. Um, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So here he's remembering this church in his prayers. How many know we need to remember the saints in our prayers? When the last time you prayed for somebody else? That, that I know we've been going through some hard times, you know, with the pandemic and whatnot that we're after. Thank God for that period being over. But when have we prayed for somebody else? God wants us to pray for other people. If all our prayers is just about us, we've missed, we, we're missing out some wonderful joys in our lives. Pray for somebody else. And you don't have to tell, and you're praying for somebody, you don't have to tell them that you're praying for them. Do it in such a way that you're praying heaven, you're going in for somebody else and they don't even have to know about it. That, that's, that takes true humility. You're not trying to get something. Oh, man, you really pray. For, no, I don't want that little praise because my reward is in heaven. Right. I mean, I, I, you can lose your rewards. <laughs> I, I let no man take your rewards. So don't don't you know, and I, I understand it. You know, you have the Grammys and different things. And, and you know, the gospel artists, you know, uh, you know, and they get you know, I want to give God thanks. I, I, I'm convinced a little bit that maybe they're they got the rewards. You know, instead of, you know, they, be, they were grinding in the studio for that, that gospel um, song and, and they want to get that praise out. And then I, I think they have, if you, if you receive a Grammy, I'm not saying that those who receive Grammy won't receive a heavenly reward. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, they have to guard against that. Are you doing it for the Grammys? Are you doing it for the king? And so here, Paul says, I'm remembering you in my prayers. I'm remembering you in my prayers, not only once, but often. I may not always say this, but Courtney and I, we pray for you. We pray the the Ephesians prayers over you. We pray for your sanity while going through complex, the complexities of life. We pray for the peace of God to flood you. We pray for your singleness. We pray for your marriage. We pray for your kids. Uh, th- this, this is the mark of a true um, servants of God. Paul was serious about his relationships. So prayer is one of the best ways to serve people. It's not the only way, but it's one of the best ways. Philippians chapter one, verse seven through nine talks about how prayer. Paul has these churches in his heart. Let's go over there real quick. 
I think sometimes uh, I do a disservice because I, I, I'm trying to get you out a certain time and, and, and I, I don't want to keep you all day. But I think sometimes by me just going real fast, I, I, I do a disservice because I want you to see what the Bible actually says. Philippians chapter one. And let's look at verse eight and nine a little bit. Just a little bit on verse nine. It says verse eight says, for God is my witness. Everybody say, God is my witness. And he goes on, he says, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus, of Christ Jesus. A true pastor will yearn for the people of God according to the affections of Christ Jesus. That God gives his affections to the leaders of, of God's church for the people of God. Amen. That, 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 that we can pray. We may not always say it, but we're praying for you. We're, we're petitioning God. We're standing in the gap for you. Though you may not always share things with us, God sometimes gives us stuff. And we pray him out. And we pray for that. Some, we rebuke the devil. Some, you know, maybe one day, last couple of months or something, you sense something on you. And all of a sudden, it lifted. Because we rebuking the devil off of you. Amen. Amen. I learned that from an old Pentecostal preacher. Uh, the devil was tormenting some of the people and he would come to the church and pray and walk the floor. And he started rebuking the devil off the people. People started coming in with joy, yeah. with happiness. Yeah. Amen. And, and that's what true pastors do. They pray and get the devil off of you and teach you how to get the devil off of yourself and off of your kids. Amen. Glory to God. So here, Paul, it says, I, I have, I, I yearn for you. Uh, King James says, I, I, in my bowels, I, I yearn for you. I have the affections of Christ Jesus. And he goes on, he, he said, I'm praying not that you, you have more love, that you, that the love that you have will abound more and more. Uh, that we, we're praying for you to stand on that great day and, and, and receive your heavenly reward. Amen. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter one. Amen. I got excited there. <laughs> We're talking about the prayer that changes everything. And so here <clears throat> he says, I remember you in my prayers in verse 17, real quick. In verse 17, he says this. This is what he, he's praying. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. <clears throat> now, as a teenager, I saw this passage. I was confused. I said, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thought Jesus is God. I thought Jesus was God, but well, he is. But specifically, um, Paul is using the term, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I got mad. One day I read that Jesus is considered our oldest brother. I said, that don't make sense. How are you going to be Lord and master and my older brother? But that's the, the way God describes him. I, you know, to, I'm like, man, you know, and then some people say, well, Jesus is my father. No, he's not. <laughs> he's your oldest brother. <laughs> Let that sink in a little bit. <laughs> Don't get confused. Come talk to us. <laughs> um, this reminds me. This reminds me of of Jesus saying in John 16, he says, whatever you ask the father in my name. So here Jesus is telling his disciples to target their prayers to father God. He gets specific by saying the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father is the God of Jesus. So we serve a triune God, father, son, and Holy spirit. 
Jesus proclaimed in John chapter 10, verse 19 and John 20, verse 17. He says, the father is greater than all. Everybody say the father is greater than all. Um, let's go over real quick to John 20, 17. Hold your places in Ephesians one. I just want to show you this. I thought it was profound that he actually used this term, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 20, verse 17, John chapter 20, verse 17 says this. And Jesus said to her, talking about Mary, Mary Magdalene, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to who the father. And here we go. He says, but go to my brothers. <laughs> that, that is, here's the, the man which time is built around calling us brothers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Glory to God. Go back to Ephesians 1. Hallelujah. So Paul has a right. He has an understanding that we're praying to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So no, no, no I, I, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he's the God of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's our God. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he goes on, he gets more specific about this God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, the father of glory, the father of glory. Uh, we got to take a little detour. Let's, let's go to first Corinthians chapter two, first Corinthians chapter two. Thank you, Lord. First Corinthians chapter two. Let's look at verse eight. First Corinthians chapter two, verse eight. Here we go. It says, and none of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had, they would not have crucified who the Lord, the Lord of glory. Talking about Jesus. Let's go one more scripture. First Peter chapter four, first Peter chapter four, verse 14, first Peter chapter four, verse 14. Here we go. And he says, if you are insulted for who the name of Christ, you are blessed because what? The spirit of what glory. glory and of God rest upon you. Go back to Ephesians one. We're talking about the triune God, right? You got the father of glory. You got the Lord of glory. You got the spirit of glory. This reveals the quote, the co-equal Godhead, the three persons in the Godhead. These titles, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory reveals something about God. He is the God of Jesus. He's the source of glory. God, when you say father, it's the source of glory. We approach his throne with understanding that he's just, he's, he, he isn't just anyone, but he's the God of our savior. He's the father of glory. Let that resonate within you. Uh, when we think about glory, uh, I don't know what you think about. Maybe you think about Shekinah glory, right? Praise is what I do. I'll say yes. No, no, no. We, we're talking beyond that. That's cute. We're talking about something heavier, something weightier. When we talk about glory, it, it's the weight, the weight of God. It was the glory of God that raised Christ from the dead. And we walk in the newness of life, according to Romans. And so the glory of God, when we talk, it says every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to God, the father, to the glory, to the glory of God, the father, Philippians two. And so we, this glory, and, and it talks about this, that my God, Philippians four nineteen, my God should supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus in glory. So we're talking about a place of God's weightiness. The 
father of glory, the source of all glory. As human beings, we, 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 we are hungry for glory. Yeah. We glory hungry. How many like to have, hear something about yourself? You know what I'm saying? Uh, he, he preached good today, pastor. <laughs> uh, that, you're seeking glory. Uh, you want your boss to say, oh, well done. Let me give you a raise. Uh, uh, there's a, your kids want affirmation. You did good today, boy. You did good today, girl. Uh, that we, we're, 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 God's placed inside of us a, a, a hunger for glory. But we got to make sure that it's in line with his glory. Yeah. Wow. Amen. The Father glory. Let's 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 continue because we're gonna stay on that for a while. May give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, in the knowledge of Him. So He's petitioning the Father to give these believers not just wisdom. Wisdom is extremely important. Proverbs four says, "Wisdom is the principal thing, and all you're getting get understanding." We know, according to Proverbs, wisdom is very strong. I mean, it's like God by wisdom. He, 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 he created the world from the foundation of, of this earth. And then in James one, it says, if you lack wisdom, acts of God, wisdom is important. First Corinthians chapter two says, God has made Christ wisdom unto us. It was the wisdom of God as it relates to the will of God, right? For Christ to die for us. But he's not just talking about wisdom. We pray for wisdom for a specific thing. We need wisdom over a specific matter in this life. And that's important. But here he's talking about praying for a spirit of wisdom. I'm going to submit to you a, a river of wisdom, something a little bit different, just just regular wisdom. Um, he's praying that uh, that God will give us the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, wisdom. And then he goes on and he says, and of revelation, revelation. Don't let the word revelation scare you. I know people say, I got a revelation from God. That word revelation simply means divine insight. Revelations 1.1 says that this is a book of a revelation of Christ Jesus. Divine insight. God is a God that gives us divine insight into scriptures. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation or divine insight. He's praying that they will have this in their lives, but not just any kind of spirit of wisdom and revelation, but in the knowledge of who? In the knowledge of Christ. We need the wisdom insight to know Christ. It's one thing to have wisdom, but it's another thing to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of it. We need to grow in the saving knowledge of Christ. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18 says that we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a prayer that should be prayed daily. Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you and the knowledge of Christ. Not just any kind of wisdom, but revelation to know you better. He continues in this prayer by saying, Lord, the wisdom, again, wisdom is important. But he goes on and says that God give them, give them a glimpse of who Christ really is. I'm reminded of Matthew 16. You remember this? Jesus says, who do men say that I am? All right. And, 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 and. You know, some say you're a prophet, you, you know, Elijah, some say you're this prophet, some say you're the other prophet. And then he turns around, Peter says, you're the, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That was a revelation from God. And he said, he turns around and, he, he, and Jesus says, 
Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. We need a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. I don't think we know who this Christ is. We sing these wonderful songs. We, we, I love you, Jesus, more than anything. But do we understand who Jesus is? Jesus is not just a, 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 just a man. He's more than a carpenter. He's the God man. He's the only one that is holy in Israel. He's the only one who died for our sins, took our place, went to hell, got up on the third day, defeated death, grave, and, and hell. I mean, Jesus, this Jesus who, who was born of a virgin and lived a, a, a sinless life, who sits at the right hand of the heavenly father, who's making intercession for the saints of God, who one day will come back riding on a white horse with thousands of his saints. Glory to God. This Christ Jesus, this man Jesus, who, who the Bible says there was nothing beautiful about him that we should adore him, that we should want to be like him. This same Jesus, we need a fresh revelation of Jesus. Oh, this life is about He's The Bible says in Colossians that he's made all things, all things for himself. I, I've made, I'm made for Jesus. Everybody say, I'm made for Jesus. I was listening. There's a song, you know, that's popular, made for me, right? And, and I looked at the video. Video is weird. <laughs> um, and, and I was just thinking about this song. It's, it, it's catchy, right? Um, and, and we were talking about it today on the way to church. And, and one of the boys said, hey, mommy, you should sing this song, Made For Me. I said, that's kind of weird song. They said, well, you've been singing it all week. <laughs> and, it's, and, and, and Destin's like, well, you know, we are made in his image, so we, he can really say twin. <laughs> so, oh, that's cute. But no, we're not twins to, to the Lord. <laughs> that sounds nice. Our theology get jacked up over a soul, right? Oh, I'm the twin of Jesus. Get t-shirts, make a whole, you know, campaign about it. Twin, right? I mean, you can really go there somewhere. <laughs> we can raise money for the building. <laughs> twin. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, I believe that we need to have a greater understanding of him, that we may know him better. God, give me the spirit of wisdom. Give me divine insight. Uh, not just any type of revelation. Sometimes people, they, they magnify revelation. And, oh, the Lord gave me a revelation of this. But the greatest revelation is of him. Amen. To have a greater understanding. I have an understanding of who he is. I, and and I, don't know all of, I don't know him in all of his glory. But I want to know him better. I want to, and I'm going to end with this. The next part of this, this, this verse, verse 18, it goes into 18. It says, having, so as a result of the Lord giving us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, verse 18, having the eyes, everybody say the eyes, the eyes. of our hearts enlightened that we may know what is the hope to which he has called us and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Let's take a look at verse 18. Um, as a result of this spirit of wisdom and revelation, our eyes need to be open. Let me, let me give you a scripture out of Psalm 119, verse 18. It says, open the eyes of my heart, O Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. How many know we need our eyes to be open? We, we don't, Psalm 119, verse 18, David says, Lord, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. We need our eyes open. How many know we don't see right? 
We don't see right. Proverbs 21 verse 2 says, everyone in their own eyes think they're right. Everybody thinks they're right. Are you with me? I know I think I'm right because my last name is right. I think I'm right double time. (laughs) The eyes, we need our eyes to be flooded with the light of his word. We, We don't see right. Like for years, five years, I didn't see right. I, I, I'm thinking I'm tired. I, we would go to come even here and, and, and I, we were, I, I couldn't see the screen. It was just blurry. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just tired. <laughs> we were driving to, from North Carolina, South Carolina, and I, I couldn't see the sign. The only thing I could see was the GPS. I, oh, yeah, I'm good because the GPS is good. But I couldn't see. It's blurry. Then I said, you know what? I'm about to go to Africa. I need, let me just go and check my eyes. They said, oh, you, you can't see far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you. For years, you haven't been like it's dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, they said you especially need it at nighttime. I said, what the heck? I need it at nighttime. No wonder I'm thinking I'm tired the whole five years. I'm like, you know, I'm just so tired, <laughs> and it's just blurry. I was like, man, what 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 is it? And I'll be praising worship. I said, maybe I'm seeing the glory because it was like cloud. You know, I'll be in praise and worship. I'm like, man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ain't no glory. <laughs> I, I need my, I need some glasses. Now I can see you clearly. Um, and so the eyes of our understanding, we don't see right. But when he gives, he floods our eyes with understanding, we can see right. We can see things clearly. Amen. Glory to God. Let me give you the scripture. First Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to come back to the first Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9, real quick, it says this. 1 Corinthians 13, 9, it says, For what we know in what? Part. And we prophesy in what? Part. So all that you know is all that you know, and all that you know is not all there is to know. You only know what you know. But there's so much more to know. You may have a degree. You have a degree. Let's say it's 360 degrees. You have a degree. A degree. You may have two or three. But there's 360 of them. So when we're talking about the Lord, it's, it's infinite. Like it's forever. <laughs> I mean, you only have a, a understanding. Okay, so what? They prophesied to you about your, your car and they prophesied to you about your address. So what? Don't be moved by that. Okay, you prophesied in part. You don't know the whole picture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. We receive prophecy. We welcome prophecy. But they prophesied in part. They do, they're not saying your whole life. And if somebody comes and prophesy your whole life, run for your life because they don't even know. They're operating in another spirit. God wants you to walk by faith and not by a prophecy. Come on. God, yeah, yeah. Because then if God tells you everything there is to know about your life, then what is to walk by faith? Amen. God has some surprises. He has some suddenlies. There's some things that you don't know and you won't know until he, you walk into it. And so... All we know is all there is, that we know. Let's go to this second Corinthians four. This is a real powerful one. And one way we, we need to pray this. And this is why I say praying this prayer would dethrone Satan out of our lives. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three says this. Even if our gospel is veiled, King James says hidden, it is veiled or hidden to those who are what perishing. And then goes on in their case, little G, the God of this world has blinded what? the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory. There were glory again of Christ, who is the image of God. 
So the if anybody that we know that's not born again, it's because Satan has blinded them. But I want us to take it one step further that some believers, even though they have come to Christ, they're blinded. They're not seeing correctly. So praying this prayer will allow the spirit of God to open up your understanding so that you can see correctly. Satan and sin and the deceitfulness of heart has blinded our eyes from seeing correctly. We don't see rightly. Especially, you know, we see based on what our our backgrounds, right? We got different, you know, your parents raised you in, or not in different environments. And so you are raised under the lens of your parents. Then you're raised um, as you, you got older and you read some books and looked at some shows and, and, and got exposed yourself to other things. Then you might have borrowed those things to, to shape the way that you see things. How I many know that even with all that, you're still not seeing correctly? Right. You can get your education and still not see correctly. Right. We need the Lord to open our eyes. That's why I like the song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to know you. Right? I'm sorry, I just imagine somebody in the camp. I mean, I'm th- I went to too many camps and they're around the camps and they singing and you got the hot dog and the, the mush- mushrooms, mushrooms, um, marshmallows. And, and you know, we're just doing that. That's old time. I'm sorry. But uh, we got to see correctly. We got to see correctly. Let's go back to the scripture. We need our eyes open in the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, of the knowledge of Christ. The Lord will use that to open our eyes. We 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 want to we want to see him for who he really is. We want to see correctly. And let's talk about real quick. How how does this affect us by having our eyes open, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know. So we're praying that our eyes will be open. The eyes. One translation says the eyes of our understanding and then Amplified classic says that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light, flooded with light. Your understanding, right? Think about understanding. What is it that you understand? There's a stand and, and that's something that you uh, a knowledge that you submit to that you, 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 you have that understanding. But Bible says in first John that the son of man has come or the son of God has come to give us an understanding of him. That is true that we may know him. That is true. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what, what is it that Paul is praying that we will know the hope to which he has called you. There are so many Christians who don't know what the Lord has called them to do. And you pray this prayer the calling on your life will become clear. You will know why you were born. Come on. Uh, uh, The eyes of our heart has been damaged by sin, has been blinded by sin. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him will cause our eyes to be open and we will know why we exist. What has the Lord called us to? There's the general calling of the Lord for all humanity. And there is the specific calling for your specific life. You will see clearly what you're supposed to do. Both generally and specific. We need this. And then the next part is what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? 
The Bible says in Deuteronomy, it says that we are the Lord's portion. We are his inheritance. How many know that we need to know how valuable we are to him? I don't believe we don't know it to the extent that we should know it. What are the riches? What are are the values of his glorious inheritance? Often we talk about our inheritance in Christ. Here, it's talking about the Lord's inheritance in us. Do you know how valuable you are to the Lord? Do you know that you're not just anybody, you, that you're not a nobody, but you are the very image, you, you, you carry the image of God inside of you. You're image bearers of God, save and unsave. We're made in King James form, we're made in the similitude of, of God. Uh, we, that doesn't mean that God looks like us, but we carry his image. Uh, we got his imprint on us. Amen. His hand is on us. We, we are made according to his likeness and his own image. We're made in his image. And for us to see and understand the value that we have to him, the scripture tells us in Proverbs that how precious is the death of one saint in the sight of the Lord. So when one dies in Christ, it's precious to the Lord. We may see that as a life. Maybe they were homeless. Maybe they they had some struggles. If they were a saint, it's precious in the sight of God. Are you with me? That's how valuable we are to the Lord. Say, I am valuable to the Lord. You need to rehearse that. You need to go after that low self-esteem, that thing that has beat you down. Those words that were been sown into your life that you are, you are nobody. You're not worthy. You need to be, you need to die. The things that the enemy has rehearsed over and over in your, your head, you, you are valuable to God and praying this prayer will help you to see yourself properly. That we, what are the riches? Everybody said the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. God has an inheritance in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has an inheritance in you. God, there's something that God has in you. He values you. God values you. You are, you, are, you are something special in the sight of God. Psalm 8 says this, that the angels are talking. And we hear a conversation among the angels and, and, and talking to the Lord. So why is it that you're mindful of man, the son of man? What is it that you made him um, a, a, a steward over your work? You crowned him with glory. What is it? There's something different. We're crowned with glory. <laughs> we are his glory. We are his inheritance. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, too, it says, for Jesus, for the joy, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We're that joy. We're the joy of the Lord. Come on. Say, I'm the joy of the Lord. I bring him joy. I bring him delight. Don't ever let the devil tell you you're nobody. Oh, you're somebody special. God does not put anybody in his right hand. And the Bible says there are no angels right in his right hand. That Christ and us, we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ. We're at his right hand. I mean, every, the other creatures, they're around the throne, they're worshiping day and that night, but we're at his right hand. 
We at his positionally, we're at his right hand. He sees us as valuable. You know, you think about the right hand of somebody. That's a that's that's a that's a place of authority. <laughs> you, you, you're somebody special. Now, scripture says that you're the apple of his eye, that that you're cra- you, you carved in his hands. Every time he sees his hands, he sees us. I, we were on his mind when he was on that cross. Oh, glory to God. He didn't die for himself. He died for us. Got up for us. Ascended for us. Seated at the right hand for us and make intercession for us. And it's coming back for us. Amen. Let me end this real quick. The next part, verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? In other words, the Lord wants us to know the type of power that is towards us, the authority that we have in him. What is the immeasurable, the, the, the kind of greatness of the power that cannot be measurable, that cannot be measured. The, the, he wants us to know that. What is the immeasurable or the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? There's six facets of God's power that he worked in Christ. There's six. Um, one is that he's, he raised him from the dead. Then he turned around and set him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And he says, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and given him a name that is above every name, have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church. The six facets of his power that we may know the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, who worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's one aspect of the power, raised him from the dead. The scripture tells us, um, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us shall quicken our mortal bodies. That same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. And then he says, raised us from the dead. Then turns around. He set him at his right hand. Then he goes on and says far above all rule and authority. So all power and all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Then he turns around and he says, and then giving him a name that is above every name, not only in this time period, but in the time period to come. And then, He's put all things under his feet. Where's the enemy? He's under our feet. He's under Jesus' feet and we're called the body of Christ. So he's under our feet. Then last, he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So let me say this. Make it your business to pray this prayer every day. I didn't even get a chance to really dive in. I have more notes than I have time. Make it your business. And what I used to do and I still do from time to time is I open up the Ephesians one prayer, and I'm going to show you how to do it so you can apply it to your life. This is the prayer that changes everything. If you would do this every single day, you will see in time the fruit of this prayer. Yes. I'm telling you, there is an explosion that's happening on the inside of me. Yes. There's a, my mind is not the same. I'm not the same PD I was a year ago, even a month ago. There's something that has happened and I believe is a result of me praying this prayer faithfully that the eyes, my eyes has been open. I, I'm starting seeing life through the lens of the word. And I'm, I'm like, man, wow. You mean to tell me that we have this, this much power, this much authority, this, this success. We have this access to this creativity. 
I got a message the other day. Just I, I don't want to tell too much, but it's just it's, it's something. I mean, just the Lord, like I never saw myself as a creative person, but I realized I'm a creative being because I'm made in the image of God. So are you. We, we are creatives. We create things. We change things. We bring things into existence. We are inventors of good things. We, are, we invent good things for the glory of God and for the benefit of humanity. I mean, just the things that your mind can do. I, I saw a little um, clip of an interview of a guy who, who talks, you know, he talks about the mind. And he talks about how, how just like we have a to-do list, we should have a, 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 a learning list every day. That, that, that people who learn another language, that they don't have problems with their mind later on in life. There's something, I'm telling you, we have the ability within us to defeat everything that comes our way. We are more than a conqueror. We, we, can, we not only survive cancer, we can overcome cancer. We, we can do something with our mind. I'm telling you, God wants to, there's something that we have yet to tap into. There's some wisdom that God has for us. Come on. The, let me give you a scripture. God, the Bible says that God has sound wisdom stored up for those who walk uprightly yes, for him. Yes, yes. So let's go after that store of wisdom. There's some things he has stored up for us. There's some things that has not entered into your heart yet. But if you'll tap into him and you'll walk with him and you'll pursue his holiness, you pursue that the fact that he's holy and that he wants us to be holy. You pursue his, the kingdom of God. There's some things that he'll begin to birth inside of you. There's some desires that he'll give you yeah. and give you. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yeah. I'm telling you, if sometimes the problems that we face, it's not just a matter of Lord, give me wisdom over it. And we just don't do anything about it. But if you just think about it long enough and, and use what God has given you, you can solve it. He'll give you the wisdom and to use your mind to solve problems. So what are some problems you have right now? Come on, think about it. Don't, don't say it out loud. What are some problems you have right now? The Holy Spirit has the solution. He is the solution to those problems. <laughs> you know what? The Holy Spirit is a genius. And if you'll follow him, he'll make you one. <laughs> if you follow him, he'll make you one. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I, God wants us to be, uh, and, and I don't want to talk about the, a better version of ourselves, but he wants to get the max glory out of our lives. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, in every aspect. He wants to, God, there's a, there's a, I, I've never preached it. I preached at a church and, and there was a song the pastor got on the piano and he started singing, Lord, get the glory out of us. Get all the glory out of us. And, and I believe that we, we do a disservice to the kingdom of God when we don't become everything God has called us to be. I'm not saying things to be perfect, but what if we got the best sleep ever so that we can do the best that God has called us to do? Amen. Let me stop there. So here. Pray this prayer and open the Bible until you know it by heart. Pray this prayer. And this is, and follow along with me, start with verse 17. This is what I do. I did, and this is what I do. So this is the way I pray it. So I may say, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you, Lord. And I open my eyes and I pray this prayer, starting verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, where it says you, I say to me, may give unto me, Dwayne Wright, Dwayne L. Wright, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of you. Having the eyes of my heart enlightened, 
that I, where it says you, you see that? That I, Dwayne, may know what is the hope to which you have called me. What are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints? And I, and I make it more personalized, which I am a part of. That I may know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints that I'm a part of. Verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power, Lord, towards me who believe according to the working of your great might? Father, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of my heart will be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards me who believe? God, I pray, open my eyes. God, help me to invade my ignorance. God, uh, cause me to know how valuable I am. Uh, help me to understand the power that is towards me who believes. Lord, help me to see right. Oh, God, open my eyes. Let me see right. Oh, God, let me be holy. Let me, let me be like Jesus. God, give me a revelation of Jesus, God. Oh, God, I flood my understanding. Flood my understanding, Lord. Oh, God, I want to see right. I, 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 I borrowed some things from my parents. I borrowed some things from friends and some YouTube stuff and some Instagram stuff that shouldn't be there. God, I, I'll flood my understanding, God. Oh, God, help me to see life through the lens of the word. Oh, God, help me to, to live out this Christian life. Let me be a real Christian, God. Oh, God, let me, be, let me, oh, God, let my life be so anointed, God. Oh, that, that my, my life, I just don't want to be anointed on a Sunday. I, and when I preach, but let, let me be anointed. Have, let me have an anointed life. Let my life, let my life destroy darkness. Let it destroy, let, 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 it, let it disturb the darkness that people are in. Oh God, in Jesus' name, God. That, that's what I'm talking about. When you start praying like that, God, it, it welcomes God to come in and he evades your life and he'll start showing up. And all of a sudden, you, you, just, you just want to change your attitude and you want to bless people. I, when I go to that school every single Monday through Friday, I said, Lord, make me a blessing to the school. God, make me a blessing to, to these students. I know I, I want to preach to them. I want to lead them into the baptism, but it's not the time for that. It's not the environment for that. And so, so what I did, let me tell you what I did, what the Lord did through me. To the, to the glory of God. There was a young man and he, his father works at Rutgers. He has a GPA of 3.5. His SAT scores were horrible. And, and, and I said, you know, did you go and prep for the SATs? He said, I didn't even think about that. I said, well, you need to prep for it. So take it again. And then he says, right now, Rutgers, uh, um, the one in um, New Brunswick, um, those who applied, there's there's a long waiting list of 66% of the people who applied to Rutgers there on this waiting list. And so, so I said, well, have you ever thought about N, um, NJ transfer? He said, what is that? I said, that means you can go to a community college that has a partnership with one of these four-year schools that you guarantee to go in as a junior. He sat down, he was sad down and out. He sat down and took the information, took pictures on, on, on my computer, went back and told all his friends. And they, they said, I was in their class, they said, you're Mr. Wright, aren't you? I want to tell you, my friend was down and out, and he, was, he didn't know what his future was going to hold, but you gave him some hope. Just like that. Something simple, what we call simple, changed a person's whole life. So he got a backup plan. He's going to go back and take the SATs. 
He gonna, he gonna study for it. And if that fails, plan B is he gonna go to Middlesex, could do two years and go right into um, um, Rutgers as a junior. Come on. Do you know that God is concerned about even that stuff for a, for a person who's not born again? But it gave me a door. It's, it's giving me a door to minister. Are you with me? Your smile, your presence, your consistency, all of that God will use to shape somebody's life, to bless somebody else. There's more ways to bless somebody just leading them to Christ. You know I'm diehard leading somebody to Christ and giving them filled with the Holy Spirit. But if I can't do that, I can at least bring them some joy, giving them some hope in this life. If they can't get go to heaven, I can give them a little hope and a little heaven on earth. Teach them how to how, say this is the way you do it. A little bit, because God blesses, the, his blessings reign on the just and the unjust. And he'll bless people as much as he can. I'm telling you, Jesus went around who was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, went about doing good. So let's go do some good. Let's bring some smile to somebody. Let's lift them up. Let's pray for them. Let's speak a kind word. A kind word can destroy discouragement. That anointed kind word. That anointed kind word can change the thing. And when I, when that teacher came and, and yelled at me, my, my okay destroyed the wrath that was in his heart. Come on. There are other ways we can bless people. Our mission is get them born again, make them disciples, but it, I can get the closest thing to it. I might not come just straight out preach to the lesbian. There's a lot of lesbians at this high school, but I love them to life. I'm supportive, not of the lifestyle of them as the image bearer of God. I see the value that they belong to God and I can at least pray. If I don't do nothing else, I can be nice. I can love on them and I can pray for them privately. Lord, in the name of Jesus, bring them into the, but I also pray for the fornicators. <laughs> I don't target just that one sin. Are you with me? I target all sin. Oh, glory to God. Let me stop. <laughs> Let's go bless a bunch of people. I mean, bless a bunch of people starting today. Be nice to the waiter. Be nice to the, the, the going through the um, fast food. Be nice to the garbage man. When the last time, I'm guilty. When the last time you blessed a garbage person, maybe give them an extra $20. I'm challenging myself. Are, are, are you with me? Let's, let's be a blessing to other people. God bless us to be a blessing. Bless those. Let's bless everybody we come in contact with. Let's make an etch on their life. And if they've never seen a real Christian, let them see you. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. I, I, we, we're anointed. Ah. We're anointed. And, it's, and, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to sit down. The anointing to even say no to things that people want to um, step over boundaries yeah. is a witness as well. Uh-huh. Not having, letting people have their way with you. Yeah. No, you're not going to call me. No, you, I don't, you don't have 100% access to me. Are you with me? That's a standard as well. I hope I bless you. I preach myself happy. Let's go out here and let's pray this prayer. And let's live for Jesus. Let's, let's, let's be the light. Be such a light. Such a light that the darkness can't help but flee. I mean, just, I, I mean, I was, I was thinking about that. I was walking with, among the kids and I was like, Lord, I want an anointed life. God, I was crying out, Lord, give me an anointed life. And I was, I was praying specifically for that, that same-sex agenda with lesbians. I said, Lord, there needs to be anointing. And the Lord reminded me, he said, no, 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 no. You just need the power of the gospel. The gospel is enough to deliver anybody from anything. It's, it'll work 
just like anything else. In any culture, any context, it will work the same. If we preach it and we live it, it's enough power in it to take a person from an agenda, uh, a, 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 a same sex uh, uh, orientation to make that orientation right. Do you understand how powerful the gospel is? The scripture says, Romans 1, 16, I'm going to end with this. It says, for the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There's enough power in the gospel to change anybody, anywhere, at any time. Do not underestimate the power of the gospel and do not underestimate the light that you are. Your life is enough to bring somebody to the hope that we have. Glory to God. I preach myself happy. Come on, minister friend. Come on, run up. Oh, Angel, I'm sorry. Come on, run up here before I, so I can be quiet. Ah, I'm telling you, we, we, we got this. We got this. We got this. We're going to pray. We're going to know who we are. We're going to know how valuable we are. We're going to be a light. We're going to love people. We're going to love the hell out of people. Amen. We're going to love the heaven into them. <laughs> Amen. Let's, let's bless a bunch of people before we die. Come on. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you. You got turned off. Just right where you are. Thank you, Lord. Okay, sorry. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I'm sorry. They got me. Right where you are, you can just stand. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by this word today. I'm encouraged to pray this prayer like never before. And let's just seal this with 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 an intention, with prayer. Just some. I guess I don't know. Lord, is it a vow? Is it a vow? We we, we got to take this thing to the next level. We can make a vow that we want to be changed. We want our minds to be renewed. We want the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. We want to be flooded with this wisdom. We want that creativity that has been unleashed in the head of this house to come on and pour on down onto us. Hallelujah. Even from your heart, if you you didn't even know it until he said it, you've been crying out for creativity. You've been cry- you, you almost have it, but you still doing it in your own strength but there's a better way there's a better way to tap into some wisdom so Lord right now we are tapping into your wisdom Lord forgive us how even unknowingly we've been just doing it in our own strength but Lord there is a will hallelujah there is a river of wisdom oh thank you Lord we receive it right now we will pray this prayer with faith with understanding Lord we know we expect for our, our lives to change we expect Lord hallelujah to even have the cry that we We want to be more anointed. We want to be more like you, Lord. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Lord. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. We say that it is our portion. We thank you, Lord, that we are valuable to you. We thank you, Lord God, that you have done some great things in us and you've done great things for us. And we're not just anybody, but we're your children. We're your sons and daughters, oh Lord. Oh, we're your your sisters and brothers, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. And we thank you, Lord God. We cast down every imagination that exalts itself above that, Lord God. It's false creativity. It's a false imagination. But we thank you, Lord God, that we tap into the power, hallelujah, of wisdom and revelation, that river, Lord. We tap into it now. And we thank you, Lord God, that as we pray this prayer, as we take this word, as we govern ourselves according, 
accordingly, oh God. Hallelujah, that the outflow of it will show up in our lives, in our businesses, in our families, in our relationships, in our network, in the name of Jesus, even in our service. Hallelujah to this church, even in our service to others, Lord. Let it show up, Lord. Hallelujah for your glory, God. Hallelujah. Oh, now seal it with praise. Seal it with praise. Seal it with praise. Lord, we thank you. Oh, seal it with thanksgiving. Lord, we thank you. Oh, seal it with praise. We thank you. Seal it with faith. God, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for creativity, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even the one who, like him, said, I'm not creative. Hallelujah. I have a business mind. I'm here to tell you there's more. There's a river of wisdom and revelation. And you're going to, hallelujah. We are creative beings. Hallelujah. We form worlds with our words. We frame you, the very universe with our words, even as our daddy did. Hallelujah. We are creative. We can create. Hallelujah. We can recreate. We can reframe. We can reverse. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I see somebody turning their head. Hallelujah. To the wall, even like King Hezekiah. And say, I shall live and not die. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And it is so. And it is so. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732 732- Three two four two two zero zero, or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box one eight five four, Perth Amboy, New Jersey zero eight eight six two. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.